Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. All right. So, people, we are literally at the end of... We're at, the, we're, we're at the last interview, and we've done so much in the time that we've been here. Um, I feel like it was 6 a.m. 20 minutes ago, uh, but it's definitely 3.41 p.m. here in Chicago. Chi-Town Steppers, what's good? Um, and we have a kind of a big deal of a guest with us right now. Like, I just feel like it's one thing to be invited to to be a part of something, but it's another thing when the people that are leading it say no i want to spend time with you also so listen welcome oh, thank you this is such a privilege i have like such a major girl crush on you guys are like, you serious like, this is like a pinch me moment oh my thank gosh you. that's actually really crazy to hear but thank you we will take it we will take it we will take it thank you so much and i, I know we spoke to cat earlier but it's really important to just say like thank you so much for helping to give our platform platform mm -hmm. thank you for giving us the opportunity to be centrally located in a in a place where the people that we need to see and that we've always felt need to see us can actually do that and we can engage and ask questions like we got we have all the conversations on yeah. on on record now and like this is amazing like people would pay for this and i mean we they should pay for this they should totally yeah. they should pay, pay a lot yes. for this yes 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 2019 yes. <laughs> we got you tell them <laughs> so i guess i think a good place for us to start is kind of like just with your backstory can you tell us a little bit about how you got from working on the ad side mm -hmm. to like now you are here leading the three percent movement mm -hmm. like a whole movement not just the industry like in the street plus beyond. Cool. How did you get here? Uh, well, I can do the long version or the short version. What would you like? Whichever one you're comfortable <laughs> with. We are on your time. Uh, <laughs> um, well, look, uh, um, I have been doing this work. Actually, I've been doing this work since I was 15 years old, and I interned at Planned Parenthood because I thought wow. we need help. I had too many friends struggling with you know, unplanned pregnancies and everything else. So I feel like I've been doing this work my entire life. But lately, um, uh, I had left advertising. I was a mom um, twice over, and um, I was at uh, an agency, Footcone Building in San Francisco back in the day, and it was really toxic. Uh, I was sort of one of the few mothers at my level, and um, every day I was facing what, we, what I now know are microaggressions. I didn't know what it was then. And I just finally had to, to say enough. I'm taking my human capital elsewhere. And I didn't know where the hell elsewhere was, but I knew it wasn't there. And it broke my heart because I loved the work. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the client relationships. I knew, mm -hmm. I felt I was good at it, but um, I just couldn't, you know, your story kind of just, I, I've, you know, I was telling Karina yesterday, it really resonated. I felt, I mean, I can't even imagine what your experience was, but um, as a mother, I've certainly felt versions of it. And mm -hmm. so I left and did a lot of different things, and that's all been really rich and powerful. Then Kat and I met, no joke, we were uh, on our kids' baseball team sidelines in the stands, <laughs> and uh, our, our kids are playing on the team, and 
we started talking and we realized we had come from the same industry. She had left for very similar reasons and, um, and we were kind of bitching about it. And then she came to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about starting this conference. Did you hear about this research? And I said, well, that's dumb, 3%? Choking <laughs> me, 97%? Man, really? That's kind of not very good business. And so I sort of started advising her from the beginning and giving her some thoughts. And I had my own business and doing my own thing at the time. And it kept getting bigger and bigger. And then about 2015-ish, she reached out and said, no, no, I, I really need your help. And so I came on as an advisor at the beginning mm -hmm. and just helping conceive. If we've got awareness, which was really happening, which was cool, mm -hmm. how do we go from awareness to actual um, solutions and, and integration and belief, like DNA? How do we make it part of the DNA? And so that's really kind of the mission now. It's yes, it continues to be a movement, but it also is really evolving into true solutions where the DNA of our industry mm -hmm. and beyond, like uh, like mm -hmm. you know, it, advertising great place to start. Right. Let's now take it beyond. So yeah, that's the longer version of the middle version of the story. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, that's that's super powerful, and also. I think one of the things that resonated with me being here this this week is more people than I anticipated um, felt, if you will, my blog post. More people than I realized felt that moment of, um, I know I'm good and I really want to be here, but I know you don't want me to be here and it's not worth that fight. Um, so this has been a very safe space. And even with like the research that you guys have and with the strategies that you guys have put in place and the people that you've brought together is so important. Um, the work you're doing is important. Mm -hmm. The work you're doing is like saving people because it's a, it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> we're in Chicago, so like no pun intended, but it is a cold world and windy. out there. It's cold <laughs> and windy, but like you guys are creating a very warm, warm space. Um. Oh, okay. Well, last night when we were talking, one of the biggest things that I, it's been on my mind is parenthood and caregiving. And this is not an announcement. I'm not pregnant. Nothing like that. <laughs> you always have to ask. Right? Birth it yourself, my friend. And there's no more company yet adding to mixed company. Um, but we talked about it because it's a big thought of mine. You know, I'm getting older. You know, I am thinking about parenthood, but I'm also thinking about caregiving as well because I'm an only child. And it's really interesting to hear your story that you had to leave because of the microaggressions of being a mother. And that's a friend of mine had, and I had shared, like, you know, facing that you may have to leave this industry to get the personal things that you want, you know, to get the family that you want. And you have your book, mm -hmm. Work, Pause, Thrive. I want you, um, if you can share, like, now for women who want to be a mom or considering motherhood or may have to be a caregiver, mm -hmm. like, how do we how do we approach it to not be afraid entering this new phase of our lives or even having a thought of that and still have a career and still have the dreams that we want like where do we start and how do we get over that fear god bless you thank you for asking that question um so uh um, oh yeah, and shameless plug for the book. We're yeah, 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 yeah. Robert. This is all oh, about paper, promotion. Paperback yeah. in January, people. Okay. Um, so, so here's the thing. I want to first pull back. I, I won't answer specifically your question, but I want to pull back. And what I learned in the research, both with three percent, but also in the researching for my book, I interviewed 186 women, and then ultimately about 30 additional men, and surveyed 1,500 because I wanted to get data because there was no data. Mm. And what I want to be really clear about is that this is not a motherhood issue. 
it's a caregiving issue. We've got a lot of men who are really passionate about being involved as dads. We've got a lot of daughters and sons who are trying to care for elder parents. So that's, I, I'd love to shift the dialogue because unfortunately I think we kind of silo it into a motherhood issue and then we force mothers to solve it or whatever it is. And, I, and no, we, let's flip it to say the workplace needs to solve this. And we collectively as teams need to solve this together so that if you want to go run a marathon and I got to get home to, you know, little Joey, he needs to get fed. Those are equally meaningful and equally powerful and equally important. So how can we collaborate together? Um, so back to the research. Um, so, you know, Lean In came out about five years ago and I read it and get, you know, um, kind of part of the truth, but not all of the truth. And the reason I knew it to not be true for me was that I had I uh, had this really nonlinear career. I left Footcone, uh, had no job. I ended up starting my own consulting practice. Then I pivoted and started and ran a nonprofit for five years. Then I pivoted again and became a journalist and wrote for a long time. Then I pivoted again and did strategy consulting. And then I pivoted again and I'm running 3%. I mean, you know, that's a nonlinear career, right? And um, yeah, I, I, I do get bored easily, but <laughs> I'm a lady D. <laughs> You're not doing anything but preaching to this choir, well, so I, that's totally and, and fine. That's the point, and this is what we know. Millennials are having these nonlinear careers, and they're a new way. We believe that they're a new way of having a career, and my answer to you is it's not. My generation of women have had these nonlinear careers because we've been forced to. So we've been forced to yeah. navigate this, but the difference is we kept it quiet. We didn't tell you that we were out there navigating this path, creating and trailblazing, because we were shamed into it. We thought it was our problem, and I'm gonna pull the switch on that and say, uh-uh. We actually were trailblazing, we were ahead of the curve, it's been done, mm -hmm. a lot of us are out there, we're incredibly successful, and you need to learn from us, and you employers mm -hmm. need to recognize that, that this is how we're doing it, so that you, the next generation, can say, oh yeah, uh-huh, I'm gonna do this, this is meaningful, and this is true. In the cert, preach. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, listen, that was a whole sermon. I was, I just needed I to receive that. I received it. I received it and I heard it. We're going to share the good news. Yes. Yes. But let me go on. Um, sermon's not over. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is in the research, uh, what I found that was so fascinating in the survey in particular, 1,500 women uh, college educated uh, with children. That was kind of, you had to be college educated and you had to have kids, that was it. The rest of it, I didn't care. Um, what I learned was that uh, only 11% planned to leave the paid workforce to go home and have kids. Only 11% had that in their career plan. 72% at some point left the workforce. Now, none of them wanted to except for that 11%. Mm -hmm. The vast majority were forced out. They couldn't navigate the thing together. They had to create their own thing. But here's a really interesting story. The ones who navigated their path, who were able to be very empowered and negotiate in advance, back to your question of how do I do this, who had a really centered view of their own human potential, and then we're not talking arrogance and I'm so good and all that, but really like, hey, I'm here, I've got so much great to contribute to you, and I wanna collaborate with you to help you, and I understand as an employer that you have certain needs and we're gonna figure this out together. They had the highest level of satisfaction and mm -hmm. the most successful, in their terms, careers and the best relationships with their families. 
Wow. So that is the so last So it's step. possible. Not only is it possible, but they're living it. I mean, wow. I think that's kind of my story, frankly, in some ways, right? I'm very right. this nonlinear career, and I feel so um, lucky to have been able to do this. Now, let's be clear. I'm white. I'm privileged. I'm educated. I can feed my family. Let's start there. So I come from a lot mm-hmm. of good stuff already. Right. But I'm telling you, there is this amazing story around having... Um, being centered around what you have to offer and also being understanding that it's a two-way street and I got to compromise and we're going to work it out together. So there was mm-hmm. also compassion for the employer, whoever that might be. Fair. And I think that that's part of the problem I do see right now is we, we think of it's our issue and we don't work out with our employing partners, be it our clients or whatever, that, hey, we're going to work together and solve this together. Because right. they do want us and they're finally beginning to recognize they need us. Mm-hmm. So um, that's yeah. where I sit on you, you, what you just said uh, struck me because you're saying being st- being centered. That idea of being centered and also very like, it's almost a confidence mm-hmm. in like in your abilities. How can you? How have you found that for yourself? And I'm sure like that it wasn't like an overnight like, girl, I know I'm good today. <laughs> but along the lines of like, there ca- there came a point where it's like. No, I'm the shit. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah, that might happen tomorrow. Right. And and to piggyback off of that, you know, when you talk about going over these hurdles, how do you manage the self-doubt? You know, because that's been a a theme that I've been hearing amongst some of the people here who are mid-level is the self-doubt, and they're coming here for the empowerment. How did you do it before 3%, before there were – Platform. Wait, 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 wait. Let's get let's yeah, get yeah, one question. Yeah. Okay, so how okay. how did you get to a, a point, maybe not yeah. a perfect point, of like just I am centered in my abilities? Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm not there yet. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag imposter working, syndrome. Working in progress. Um, you know, okay. someone stood in front of 1,300 people, going, "Oh my God, I'm in front of 1,300 people today." <laughs> <laughs> so let's be real, right? Yep. Um, you know, I was shaking in my boots standing up there, um, and I think. I think, what the hell do I think? Okay, so I feel true that, actually, let me back up. My mom's dying right now, and I have been blessed to not have much death in my life, which I know is a, a, a gift. That's, that, that alone is its own privilege, right? But to watch her journey as she has this sort of awful illness and to realize that time is the only thing I have, and I so wished I had the chance to understand that and if and I think I started to get that when I was a mom and kind of time became this really bizarre kind of accordion where sometimes it would be really fast and then it would slow down and you kind of go in and out so I I spent a lot of time thinking about time Mm -hmm. and I spent a lot of time thinking about is this a good use of my time and what I have to offer but here's the real question or the real answer when it got out of me and into wow someone needs to hear what I have to say because for some reason that might help them. When it came away from me and Mm -hmm. moved out to them, that's when, it's not confidence, it was more like, oh, okay, wow, okay, you need to hear that? Okay, well, here's what I heard Mm -hmm. and learned or here's what I heard that person say and does that help you? Mm -hmm. That gift of service, it changed it from confidence to service. I only got, what, 80 years, 85, 90 if I'm lucky and hopefully most of them healthy. You get service driven pretty darn quickly. And then the second point to Simeon's point, to Simeon, if you want to reiterate. Yeah, like um, going through those obstacles and getting over those barriers, 
how did you manage the self-doubt without having a platform like 3%, you know, creating space for you to build up that in, that confidence and have, you know, someone empowering you? Because these these conversations, these really bold and brave conversations that are addressing these issues, they're kind of new, right? Or, or they've been very siloed. Um, so how did you manage that without having... 1,300 people behind you every year rooting for your success, rooting for you to um, sponsoring you, getting getting agencies to like really start to think about how to solve for these issues. Like for those people who are, aren't able to attend, like how did you process that? Um, I had never heard that. I never understood the difference between mentoring and sponsoring. Mm -hmm. The idea that a mentor is something you do one and one, and a sponsor is something that happens when you're not in the room. Yeah. Um, and so, and I never really had, frankly, a, a, an active mentor. Um, I mean, I had people I could turn to for advice, but I didn't have that person who was really helping my career. And partly because I had such a nonlinear career, it was kind of hard mm -hmm. for them to hold on to it, right? And I think that's very true for millennials who do have these nonlinear paths. It's like, who's mentoring me, right? But what I didn't understand, and I can only see now as 56, in hindsight, disrupt aging, that I can go, oh my God, that whole time I had sponsors. And the sponsors were men and women who were advocating for me when I wasn't in the room, who would say, oh, you know, for example, I decided I wanted to be a journalist. Hello, had I ever written a sentence? Oh, but so you know, I doesn't matter. It's what you want. The heart wants what it wants. Do you want to run a podcast? Have you ever done that before? No, no. we're gonna figure it out. We're, gonna, we're just gonna do it, happen, right? We'll figure it out. And yet, I I had people who were like, "Oh, you want to write? Well, hey, I heard this really great class. Why don't you take this class?" I mean, I had these people all along the way breadcrumbing my success, and I didn't. Here's the problem: I didn't realize it. And one, once I opened my heart up to realize, people want to help you. And they're probably helping you, and you don't even know it. Yeah. That is when the true gift came. And when you, then I started, you know, my God, and believing that there's a path and there's a journey. And, you know, that's when I just kind of got humble about the whole thing and just started believing. I mean, it sounds yeah. kind of cliche, right? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I, yeah, like it's. We, we had a therapist on a few weeks ago, um, and one of the things that we talked about was that self-reflection. Um, and so that's what I just took away from what you just said, is realizing all of these people who've been on your journey with you that you didn't realize. And so when you can see it, then it's, or when you reflect on it and you understand that they were kind of clearing a pathway for you, then it's, I guess it's easier to believe. So I think for a lot of people who are like going through these obstacles and don't really have the time to self-reflect and really realize who's kind of rooting for you in these different spaces, mm -hmm. then that's kind of when the doubt starts to like cloud and, you know, keep you like under the table. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also when we settle. So I think um, Amanda Anyade today, our head of culture innovation, who was amazing, mm -hmm. right? One of the things she said was, I think, her, I forget her exact words, but sort of uh, aim high, start high. I typically start low. And shame on me for thinking too small. And I will, that's one, one of the things I've learned at 3% is to think bigger than I ever thought I could think before. And I keep getting challenged to do that. And that's the gift. Mm -hmm. Challenging myself to think bigger and go, oh my God, could we fill 1,300 seats? Yeah, you can. And you could be sold out three weeks in advance. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Could we live stream that around the world and have thousands of people listening? Yeah, we could. It's that 
could you think bigger than you ever thought you could think before in that dreaming big and then breadcrumbing it along the way and it might not work out the first time and you're going to learn and you're going to screw up and you're going to iterate so iterate <laughs> fail fast iterate you know i love it well Lisa, thank you. Like, oh legit. Yeah, Danielle, <laughs> no. the party's not over. I was like, I was like, listen, I'm trying, I don't want anyone to say we kept you from anything happening. But no, seriously, like, and even like the idea of faith, and like, I mean, I talk about it all the time and we bring it up. Like, I emailed Miriam, who, Miriam Gates, who was on our show last year, and just decided, like, I think we need to be at 3%. Yeah. Like, I, it was just like, how are we gonna get there? I, I don't know, we don't know nobody. Miriam's speaking, girl, who do you know? She connected me to you, you immediately connected me to Nancy Vaughn. And from there, last year, the connections that we made in that room, at the Hammerstein Ballroom, literally changed the, our projected path for this podcast. From there, people for the first time got to see who we were. They got to hear about what we were doing. And what they in, when, whatever they didn't know, they were able to ask somebody for an introduction. That's how I got introduced to Megan from Girls' Day. That's how I got inter, uh, introduced to Erica Riggs over at the Ad Club. It was the first time I met Nancy Hill. It was the first time that I had been in a room with people that I read about all the time in publications, that I see on panels at agencies, that I look, that we look at the word, the work that they do, and we aspire to one day. I want to create a campaign that's big as hell, just like that. And then, who are these people putting this together? And it, it's it was you and Cat. And then, to to watch even the the moment, and, you know, Derek is our podcast uncle. Yeah. Derek is our podcast uncle. He's my Listen, you see what I'm he saying? And like, <laughs> to have that moment last year when when he challenged, when he challenged the conversation and to see shortly thereafter for even you to reflect on it and come back with a written piece saying, you damn right, I could have done better. So I'm just like, we've come full circle. It means so much. What you guys are doing is not just empowering people, but it's literally creating a pathway for our success. You're talking about breadcrumbs. Like this conference has contributed to much of the success that we've had this year. So we cannot thank you enough. We yes. cannot thank you thank enough you. for your support. <laughs> we cannot thank you enough for seeing us and and talking to other people about us and uplifting us. Like we could also just be recording this to ourselves. <laughs> and but what has happened is that three percent has helped to amplify Mix Company. So we. 100% appreciate you yes. and your contributions. Thank you for having us. We're so happy there's so much more conference for us to have. <laughs> so we're ready for that. I don't I don't know what else we can say. Just keep doing this amazing work cuz we need you out there speaking your truth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we will talk to y'all later. Peace yes, out. Later.